I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the week. It's doggy pond time. Hello everyone, welcome to the Doggy Pod. It's Dr. Robert Zanet here with producer Stephen Peters. And it's time for a brand new episode, hot off the press, the Doggy Pod. And in this episode, we're going a bit barking mad, which is not a huge stretch really, but we're going <laughs> not to for talk, us. No, we're going to talk about different barks and what they mean and how better to understand what your dog is actually trying to say to you. Also, does your dog gag from time to time? You should worry about it or not. Let's find out later on. And we're getting all slimy and talking about worms. How do dogs even get worms? And do cats get worms? Also, we're starting up a weekly top five list. I'm sure that will cause some controversy. Each week, Dr. Rob will give you, in his humble opinion, his top five of a particular trait in dogs. And this week, he's going to name his top five smartest dog breeds on the planet. Stick around to see if your little furry friend is in that top five list. And later in the show, we have a real doggy treat for all of our listeners. Uh, Rob catches up with his mate, Mr. Caesar Milan. Yes, the Caesar Milan. Um, Rob and Caesar have known each other for years, and this is a really interesting chat. So stick around. That's later in the show. But before we get into the show, as always, let's find out what Dr. Rob's been doing in the clinic this week, because there's always stuff going on there. There is, and this, this one's an unusual one. It's a lady that comes out with her dog. It's a curly-coated retriever. She comes to me because I'm the only veterinarian that will take this dog on. Um, he's bitten every other vet. <laughs> right. But the way I manage this dog, I go out to the car park. I, um, she gets the dog out of the car, hands me the lead, and I tell her to go back in the car, sit and stay. Yesterday she started following me. I said, no, back to the car, sit, sit. and stay. <laughs> I take the dog, I, make, I just say to the dog, heel, walk. We, we walk along, I tell him, sit. The dog sits straight away. Off we go again, sit, yeah, heel. And I have to get um, the dog's confidence that I'm not going to hurt the dog, but also 
the fact that I am going to be the one in command of what's going on here. That way, I can check the dog over as I did yesterday, and in this case, it was annual vaccinations. I can do anything with this dog. Anyone comes near this dog, it, it will bite them straight really? away. And it's, what I sort guess, of dog was it? A curly-coated retriever. And they can be a bit okay. what's called sharp. Being sharp doesn't mean you've got pointy nose uh, in a dog. It means that they're quick to bite. They're a bit known. There are other breeds that are a bit like that. Is that vet talk, is it? Sharp, well, meaning quick probably, to bite? Probably dog talk, dog people talk. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, it's a bit sharp. That dog, just stand back. This dog's a bit sharp. In other words, he'll have a go at anything. So it's important, really, to understand the problem this faces for the dog. In the future, I may not be there when the dog is sick. Who's going to look after this dog? Mm. You know, he's been to many vets in the region and no one will... Yeah, they've all banned him from from going into the place. Oh, the poor the woman came to me in tears, and I said, "Well, let's just see what the dog's like." And I, he, as I say, I had to get him away from the woman, but regardless, I had to dominate him. I've been lucky; I've been able to do obedience since before most of you people were born out there. Nineteen sixty-seven, I started doing obedience with my dogs, so I knew a little bit about what to do and how to manage this dog and how to talk to this dog, but. What I'm saying to you is, if you've got a dog, please socialise it with other people and with other animals. That's the important thing. Because one day your dog may need veterinary care, may need to go inside to the vets. If it's not used to going inside a building, that will stress it. If it's not used to being handled by strangers, that will stress it. And if it's not used to you know, being apart away from you in a cage, that will stress it. We've said in the past, crate train your dogs, Socialise your dogs. It's the only so way. So, do you think that was the problem with this dog? Oh, this dog's never been socialised with other people, and it right. certainly, I, I, I dread the day it ever gets sick and has to come into the hospital and be put into a crate. All right, it's time for our weekly quiz question. And uh, did you know, Rob, that three mm-hmm. dogs actually survived? Uh, the sinking of the Titanic. They were on the Titanic. (laughs) And interestingly enough, they all start with the letter P and two were the same breed. So were they A, a pointer, B, a Pomeranian, C, a poodle, D, a papillon, is that how you would pronounce that? Yep, papillon. Or E, a Pekingese. Or a Pyrenean mountain dog. No, there were no Pyrenean mountain dogs on the Titanic as far as I know. That would be a big dog. A very big dog. (laughs) Yeah, so take a think about that. What sort of dogs would have been on the Titanic, but actually three survived, which I think is amazing. We'll give you the answer to that uh, later in the show, of course. So your choices are Pointer, Pomeranian, Poodle, Papillon or Pekingese. Think about it. Anyway, let's get started. I was in the park the other day, Rob, and there was a guy taking his dog for a walk. It was a big collie dog and it was barking at his owner, and clearly trying to sort of say something. He wasn't angry. It wasn't an angry bark, but it, it really looked like this dog was trying to talk to its owner. And, the, of course, the owner was a bit vague. I think the owner was looking at his phone at the time. Um, but, you know, it made me think, what, do, you know, dogs are actually trying to communicate with us. Can you tell by a bark what your dog's, whether it's trying to express something particular or not? Well, I, I believe so. I mean, we all remember Skippy, the bush kangaroo, and he would say, and that always meant, what's that, Skippy? Two men down by the river. <laughs> and, and one's got a gun. Yeah. And, and it's an insurance fraud uh, case. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, dogs do communicate in that way with us. Um, and sometimes not necessarily with us. They're just letting us know what's going on outside. They, we may not be with them. 
you need to know your dog's bark, uh, depending on what area you live in. For example, a really, just an excited bark could be just barking at birds and things, but a, a deeper bark is saying someone's here, or a continuous bark, something is wrong. Yeah, like So a dog can just bark because it's happy and excited. Very, very happy and excited. Just out there with you, I'm so happy to see you, woof. And so it's not necessarily, just, in some cases, trying to say anything. Oh, it's not distress. It's just, just happy about life, just dancing around with you. And <laughs> if you haven't done that, if you haven't danced around the kitchen with your dog, you haven't lived, baby. <laughs> I, and trust me, I do. I really have danced yeah, in I've, the kitchen. I've You've seen, seen it, listeners, and it's not a pretty sight because he's usually <laughs> in his undies. But anyway, that's another story for another episode. It's okay for Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's all right for Rob. Damn anyway, but, but yes, so they do. And you need to understand it because sometimes they're trying to alert you to something very serious. And I was at a friend's place where that happened. This dog was barking, barking, and they said, oh, just, and I said, no, there's something wrong there. And we went out, and there was a snake in the backyard, believe it right. or not. So... So how do you know when to listen to it that it's not just something I'm just excited and happy to be alive and it may be something else? If it's just a high-pitched occasion, if the dog's barking continually, something's wrong. Even if they're excited and happy, they shouldn't be barking continually. If nothing else, if you live in the city area, urban area, your dog's going to be reported as a a, uh, nuisance barker. And that can be really problematic. It's one of the biggest problems, in fact, that all councils face all around the world. Yeah, for centuries, we wanted dogs that barked. We wanted dogs that would bark when someone was coming into the camp. That's how it all started. You know, we took the dogs on, we hunted with them, they were our partners, and they protected us by barking, letting us know danger is close. Well, uh, that's so, the same now, isn't it, when, in, when somebody opens the front gate of our yep, house we and want, our dogs We want to know. That's yeah. right. But the problem is now council's saying, oh, dogs can't bark. Because if they bark, they're a nuisance barker. You've got to be careful. Mm. Most councillors councils are becoming reasonable. They allow some barking. But sometimes your dog, if it's a continuous barker, just barking at the birds, barking at everything, it will be reported and you will be heavily fined and you'll be asked to do something about it. Seriously. I mean, the fines can be thousands of dollars Mm. each week if you don't do something about a nuisance barker. You have to be aware why your dog's barking. But if your dog is yapping continuously for whatever reason... Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the best thing you can do in that moment to get your dog to stop barking? Um, I go out and call to them, say, hey, knock it off or whatever, and and they stop, they look at me, and once they've stopped, good dogs. Always finish every training exercise with praise. So whatever word you use, actually I use the word no, so I go out and say no because they're being a nuisance barker, and then good dog. I don't mind if they're barking for some reason. I'll go out and have a look first, see what the reason is, but if they're just carrying on too much, it disturbs everybody. It disturbs the neighbours, even though we're out on the outskirts of, of a city, a major city of Australia here in Sydney, but we're on the outskirts on five acres. But I don't want all the neighbours disturbed by my barking dogs. And yeah, fair enough. We're here at my place now, and we don't have barking dogs. They're sitting there quietly um, in their air-conditioned kennel. They've got no reason to Yeah, so they're about. a little bit spoiled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid the Zamet dogs are, but I love them. Okay, so um, if, it's a, if it's a continuous barker and a yappy barker, you really need to get onto it, but uh, generally barking is, is not a bad thing. Is that the bottom line? Correct. Yeah, good. Now, while we're talking barking, let's talk about gagging. <laughs> yeah. All dogs do it from time to time, some more than others. Um, are they just clearing their throats or is there more to it? Yeah, good 
point. I mean, it, lots of reasons, believe it or not. It can be just clearing their throats. If it's a ca- occasional gag, of, <clears throat> you know, just, just clearing the throats the way we do mm. because a little bit of saliva or mucus is caught somewhere and they're just clearing that out. If it's constant, then you need to find out why. Um, it's more constant in some of the what's called the brachycephalic breeds where the, you know, the faces are squashed in a bit. And oh, yeah. a, a dog with a squashed in face, like say a bulldog or a pug, has the same bones in that um, structure of the skull as does a long nose breed like a greyhound. Same bones. Mm. They're all squashed up. So the soft tissues inside are, are squashed up. And sometimes they may have something like a long soft palate, elongated soft palate. And that's always getting caught, especially when they have a drink and that. That has to be trimmed back. A veterinarian will laser a bit of that off to okay. stop that continuous gagging. Because if it continues all the time, they can inhale fluid and that can cause inhalation pneumonia and make the dog very sick. So that has to be addressed. It could be if it's happened all of a sudden, it could be one of two things. There's a syndrome called kennel cough. Kennel cough is... Yeah, what is that? It's a mixture of one of a couple of possibilities. It can be uh, a virus called parainfluenza, and it causes inflammation of the windpipe or the trachea, real inflammation. Or it can be another bug they also get called Bordetella bronchiceptor. Why am I saying this word? Because <laughs> You're just trying to impress everyone. No, no. I want people <laughs> to realise Bordetella bronchiceptor is related to another bug called Bordetella pertussis. Now, those in the health industry say, what? Whooping cough? Because that's what Bordetella pertussis is, whooping cough. Right. The two are related and they can cross-infect. I always know this in Sydney. When there's an outbreak of kennel cough, there's often an outbreak of whooping cough. And okay. you, I wonder which bug is affecting which people. Um, is it the dogs affecting the people or the people affecting the dogs? I'm not sure sometimes. Kennel cough is not a um, lethal uh, bug. They get over it. But it does strip the lining of their airways a bit. So as soon as some cold air hits it in the morning when they've got kennel cough or uh, late at night, that's when they'll start coughing. Off to the vets. Keep them warm. The vet will give you anti-inflammatories and antibiotics for secondary bacterial infection. Tonsillitis can cause gagging as well. Okay. Dogs get tonsillitis. Dogs get tonsillitis. Yes. And if it's chronic tonsillitis, just like us, they have to be removed. So, again, if your dog's gagging a lot, really... So dogs can have their tonsils removed? Oh, yeah. And you give them ice cream afterwards, of course. Cool. Of course you do. <laughs> Don't can't, we all? Can't, can't believe you're saying that. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I am. So, so if it's continuous... Like ice cream. I bet they do. <laughs> um, if it's continuous gagging, that's, that's signs of some sort of Some problem, Some pathology. If it's every now and then, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Yep. So one thing we always associate with dogs, of course, are worms. Um, how do dogs get worms? Mm-hmm. And actually, do cats get worms? I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a cat person. but um, and, and is that kind of normal that most dogs will get worms at some stage if you don't protect them from it? If you don't protect them, they certainly can pick up worms. And you'll be surprised in the ways they do that. Mm, how? We could do a whole hour series or more. Just on worms. Trust I me. Don't know if I'd listen to a whole hour, but I'm keen oh, to know. On worms. <laughs> I'm keen to know the basics, though, that I mean, we all should know. All right, let's go for the basics. They can pick up worms just walking in the park. If a dog has gone to the toilet that has worms, has hookworm, uh, has gone to the toilet on the ground, 
and even if it's cleaned up, the larvae can stay on the grass. Your dog walks on there and he can get worms through his pads. Yeah. So they don't have to actually sniff or whatever. But sniffing and, and licking the areas where there's worm larvae will also do it. They'll pick up roundworms like that and whipworm. And then finally, fleas. Fleas carry tapeworm. So if your dog gets fleas, that's how they get tapeworm. There are some more complicated issues. Believe it or not, little frogs and little fish can carry a tapeworm. It's called zipper tapeworm, different to the normal common tapeworm of dogs. The zipper tapeworm, remember those stories of when you were a kid of people having big, long worms pulled out of mm, them and you mm. think, oh, baloney. That's true. And it happened here just over the road. A lady had this little schnauzer. She saw the worm sticking out its bottom. She quickly put some gloves on, grabbed the worm, started pulling it. <laughs> Kept on coming. Filled up a big coffee jar <laughs> with this one worm. Wow. Okay. It was a zipper tapeworm because there were little frogs in this area and obviously the schnauzers, being little hunters, grabbed one of the frogs and developed the zipper tapeworm or spirometra tapeworm that we call about. It's called a zipper tapeworm because it's so long, but it's got little dots down the middle. It looks like a zipper. Right, okay. The common tapeworm of dogs, you'll see it You'll see it on your dog's droppings, which I know you pick up when you go for walks. Mm. If your dog has it, you see these little tiny things about the size of a rice grain, but they're moving. That's tapeworm as well. Uh, the hookworm, roundworm and whipworm, you won't see them in the droppings at all. You don't see those. And that's why I recommend... You should worm your dogs regularly, either at the change of every season, in other words, four times a year, or if you want to, you can use one of the products that combines heartworm, fleas, and tick protection along with intestinal parasites, and you give it once a month. Mm. So I, I like those products because it, it regularly worms your dogs and keeps them worm-free. Because don't forget, if your dog does get worms, and especially if you have children, it can affect the children in various ways. Um, we won't go into that because that's a long story about how it can mm. affect kids. But if you keep your dogs worm-free, it keeps your yard worm-free, which keeps your kids worm-free. Because similar to, to, um, to dogs, if there are worm larvae on the ground, your children can get them by just walking on them if it's a hookworm. But what are the? I mean, what would actually happen to a dog mm-hmm. if if it hadn't been wormed and yep. it's full of worms? Oh, I mean, we, we see that we see that from time. I to time. mean, untreated, what what will what will happen? There's well, usually the first thing that happens is you see a dull coat. Now the coat gets very dull. The dog becomes weak because it's anemic. The worms, you know, literally aren't there just um, hanging around playing basketball inside the dog's tummy uh, they're sucking the blood out of the dog right so that the dog becomes weak and anemic you know very anemic and they get very pale gums sometimes if you get enough roundworms inside the gut they can block the passage of food through the gut actually have a blockage there and when you see that as a veterinarian you're pretty disgusted to be honest we've had to sometimes open dogs up because the, the blockage is so bad wondering what it is with worms and find it's worms it's right. crazy so crazy it, stuff in this it, day and age so can a dog die from Oh, yes, yep. especially young puppies. Um, young puppies, you see, I haven't gone into the whole story. It's complicated, but young mm. puppies can get worms while they're inside the mother, while they're, you know, before they're born. If, the, they mother, get if wor- the mother gets worms. Well, no, they get it from the mother's. It's really complicated. They mm. get it from the mother's uterus. The, the mother's uterus often has worm larvae sitting there quietly. The, when you're pregnant your immune system decreases and those larvae get mobilised and go into the puppies. 
within a week to two weeks after birth, the puppies can have worms. So it gets very complicated. You have to start worming puppies very early in life. We, we mm. certainly start around two weeks and then do it again three, four and six weeks even before they leave um, the property here and then recommend regular worming, monthly worming after that. Would, um, would it have sort of an effect on your dog's just behaviour? Would the dog know that something's not quite right, uh, yeah, you does. know, like a, you know, digesting, digestive issues or whatever? Absolutely. Well, yeah. it causes diarrhoea, of course. Right. They okay. often cause diarrhoea. Um, itchy bottoms, so they scrape their bottoms yeah. along the ground. That's one of the reasons. It can be anal glands, but it can be worms. So they scrape their – they do what's called scooting, where they yes. put their bottom on the ground and, and rub their bottoms because it's mm. so itchy. Um, the dog gets gut aches, so it's pretty grumpy. You know, it does mm. affect its temperament. Temperament. I know if I get a gut ache, I'm leaving it alone. I'm a grumpy old mm. man as it is. Don't, don't add worms to my problems, <laughs> for goodness sakes. So, yeah, you've got to watch, watch out for those sort of behaviours as well. So the worm whole. your dogs, people. Okay, it's now time for a very special interview. Just last week, Rob caught up with Caesar Milan. Now, for those who maybe don't know, Caesar Milan is probably one of the most famous dog people in the world. He's written books, starred in films, TV shows. He travels the world with his live shows. I mean, his Facebook page alone has over 10 million followers. Uh, not everybody agrees with his methods, mind you, but that's, that's the way it is in life. But uh, he's known for his ability to turn around once aggressive dogs into loving family pets. And he's probably saved thousands of dogs' lives over the years. So what do one of Australia's best vets and the world's most famous dog person talk about? Well, dogs. My friend, you are a fantastic family man and, and through your life, your dogs, of course, have, have been such a big part of your family. Um, have they helped you through the good and the bad times, I guess? Dogs always, you know, they're, they're, um, they have a way to keep things very natural, simple, profound. Yeah. You know, yeah. they have a way where it's all about life is beautiful. As yep. long as you live, uh, you know, some type of structure and it's clean. I would tell my kids, listen, it, it doesn't matter. I come from poverty. My mom always say, if you keep your house beautiful, structured and clean, you will never feel uh, poor. Everything yep. that keeps us alive is something that I that uh, is very meaningful to me. So... When you said to me, uh, it's, it's animals help you in the bad times, I think nature always helps me in, in the bad times. And yep. definitely, I'm yep. always making sure that I honor and so on. And that's why I became a, a teacher, right? That's why I became a, uh, instead of being a dog trainer, I became a human trainer. Because I want people to to, uh, to always keep in mind that the nature is here to give you life. The nature is always here to keep you company. The nature is always... You can always rely on it, you know, and coming from a third world country and coming from poverty. My, my goal in life, I, uh, I used to say I train people rehabilitate dogs. Now what I'm saying is better humans, better planet. Yep. So what that Good. means is, is, is uh, through, through uh, you know, social media and through, you know, uh, the net and all of that, it allows you to reach out to all these people and, 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 and teach the same, you know, because dogs are dogs no matter where you go in the world. I don't have to speak. Uh, Russian. I don't have to speak Chinese to to talk to a dog in Russia or in China. So they're all they all speak the same language, you know. So that means everybody can learn the same thing. Everybody can have this beautiful 
relationship with nature, you know, in a form of dogs. And when I say in a form of dogs, is you can also have a cat, you can also have a horse, you can have a, a lizard, you can have, you know, whatever animal. I, I, I'm watching a documentary right now about a guy that has a relationship with an octopus. So yes. never in history of, 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 the, of the world, a uh, human has ever tried to have a relationship with an octopus, you know, and uh, actually uh, the... Uh, and I guess with COVID, people have turned a lot to their dogs, haven't they? In Australia, everybody wants to buy a dog because of COVID. They want to stay home with their dog. Do you find that in well, America? Everybody, everybody in in America, uh, the, for the first time in history, the shelters are empty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, so so people have jumped into the wagon. You know, of of, yeah. of uh, Saving a life. At the same time, you know they know they're, they're they know the dog is not is is going to make their life not as boring. Right. Uh, you know, America America is all about go 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 go. You know, so mm-hmm. it, America is all about having a project and sometimes just taking it easy, slow down and relax. You know, no worries like you guys say in Australia. <laughs> uh, so, so so here people have um, have definitely. Uh, t- uh, Adopted every single dog in shelters, but right now they're having problems with the. Uh, what are they going to do when they go back to? Work? Yeah, every, everybody's worried about that. So, what are your tips for making these dogs a good member of the family? You know, what are your tips for that for people? Well, first of all, dogs—that's all they want to become—a good member to the family, so they never want to give uh, humans trouble. Uh, you know, dogs can live with homeless people. Dogs can live with uh, handicapped people. Dogs can live with, you know, low-income fem- uh, people. Dogs can live with people in the Amazon. Dogs can live with the uh, Aboriginal people. So, you know, that, so uh, dogs are always want what they want to do is to be a great member to the family or to the society or to whatever environment they are. So that's the fact. The 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 uh, the tip yep. to have a dog. Being able to accomplish that is is simply uh, understanding how important is that's my little bird. That that's how important is for a dog the walk. You know, I always tell now I tell people look, fish needs to swim, a bird needs to fly, and a dog needs to walk. Because most people just look at the walk as a 15 minutes, 20 minutes activity, and that's it. The dog went for a walk. No, no, no. When I'm talking about a walk, is the dog actually enters into a migration mode where he sees the walk like a marathon, like, you know, like it's actually fitness, you know, where the dog learns to ignore many trees, many poop, many pee, many food on the floor. The more the dog stays in a, in a migration mode or in a focus mode or concentrated mode, the more the dog brain gets tired. So that mile long of ignoring, you know, this, this smell in the floor makes the brain super tired. So right. what does people have yes. to do? What does people have to do? People have to understand how powerful the nose is to a dog, and yes. how much the nose needs to it needs to learn to ignore smells, because by learning to ignore smells, you actually cre- create discipline, tiredness, and and mental control. And so you know what most people do is the opposite. They they allow the nose to go into every single tree. Uh, the, most of the dogs, when they're walking the dog, the dog is in an explore state, not in a follower state. You know, we have to understand the difference between follow, play, and explore. So, yep. you know, when when, kids, when 
when dogs are, are little, they follow their parents, then they play with the parents, then they explore. So it's follow, play, explore. So the most important activity is not play or explore. The most important activity is follow. So what makes right. a dog obedient or what makes a human uh, learn any kind of profession is he went into a follower state. So for you to become a vet, you actually have to go into a follower state. You need to follow your dreams. You need to follow what the, what the book is saying. You need to follow yeah. what the homework yeah. is all about. Okay, so that follower state, the follower state is super powerful, and I don't think people understand it yet. And, and you know, and people understand. Oh, I gotta walk the dog. I gotta exercise the dog. But you need to understand it at a very profound level. So the dog is tired. So when you go to work, your dog is in a in a resting state. That is marvelous. That is really marvelous. You walk like you're on a mission. You've said that to me before. Yeah. Walk like you're on a mission, yeah. but but have the dog with you on that mission. Um, make yeah. sure he's there with you, and and yeah, you said right. If you can mentally exhaust them as well, that's what they need. It gives them the the, the things they need. It honors the dog, like you say, honor nature, honor the dog. That's very. You know, here in America, people get amazed, you know, to see a dog with a homeless person off leash, and and yes. nine out of ten, nine out of ten uh, of those dogs are pit bulls. So homeless right. people. Uh, 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 get to adopt because they don't purchase them. They adopt them because they, they find them in the street. So a homeless finds a dog in the street and they become family. But nine out of ten of those dogs are pit bulls, off leash, and they walk with a mission. What's the mission of the homeless? To find cans. And so they go through many, many different places, many different cities, many different blocks just to find the can. So the dog, the dog doesn't care that he's finding cans. The dog cares that a human is walking with a mission. And I guess that's the thing with dogs. They don't just teach us about dogs, do they? Dogs teach us about life and about love and, and how to, to look after each other and how to live in the moment. Well, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's happiness. Life is happiness. That's your spirit. Life is uh, uh, survival. Use your, 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 uh, your body and um, you know, your five senses and make sure you take care of your of your organs, that so your so your body can can uh, follow through. Uh, life is about love, and of course, life is about uh, strategizing. You know how how you're gonna make money or, or what kind of profession you wanna achieve. Because a lot of my clients, you know, they're dog lovers, but they hire me. So why would they hire me? Because they don't trust their dog, and the dog don't respect them. So, so as you know, in a relationship, trust and respect plays the biggest role. In, in, in a continuation of being together with that person or that animal. So, so true. So well said, my friend. Very, very well thank said. Thank you. Caesar, thank, thank you. you for coming on the Australian The Doggy Pod. Um, I <laughs> can't wait to see your face again, my friend. Once this COVID is over, I'm on my way to LA. Just if, yeah. if for no other reason, I'll go there just to see you, my friend. It's been way too <laughs> You have too to come long. to my ranch. It's gorgeous. Yeah, come to my ranch. It's, it's a very incredible. Nice. Yep, incredible. Yep. I I want Australia to know uh, uh, how much I love you and how how important you are for Australia and for the world. But since you're in Australia, you're very important to to Australian people, <laughs> and uh, they don't have to worry about it to have you there. You know, you're a good human being. I, I love that. Not every once in a every once in a while, you get to meet somebody like like yourself. You know what I mean? Like you're you're a good man. You're a well, good human being. You're, you know, it's just your pure heart, your pure spirit. At least to me, that's how I know you. 
You know, uh, and that's all I care kind. about it. You, you're very no, kind. I always remember you in my prayers in my spiritual world. I remember you and, and the boys and it's lovely. My friend, you stay well in these weird times of COVID and yeah. uh, look after yourself. Look after your family, your dogs, and thank you very, very much. I love you dearly. I love you too, Doctor. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye. All right, here we go with something that uh, I'm sure will cause some discussion. Um, discussion? I'll tell you, they're going to be angry at me if they don't have this. <laughs> arguments, because this is in Dr. Rob's opinion, of course. Um, we're going to do a top five each week, and we thought we'd start with the top five smartest dog breeds in the world. So let's see if yours is made it into the top five. Now, at number five, it is... The Golden Retriever, very smart little dogs, that, well, big dogs actually, do really well with obedience training. And I guess that's the idea of smartness is how well can you train them? Uh, it may not be the smartest thing in the world, but, yep, Golden Retrievers, very responsive to training. I've seen them as guide dogs. At number four. The Doberman, very smart dogs, do well, again, at obedience trials and uh, agility trials, very much responsive to their owners and aware of their environment. Coming in at number three is... Our own Border Collie. When I say our own, it is a Scottish breed, but very much adopted in Australia. Boy, are they smart. You've seen them work sheep. You've seen them in agility trials. Really smart dogs. Well, we're getting close to the, the number one. How, how is everybody feeling at home, whether their breed hasn't been mentioned yet? But maybe it's coming <laughs> up in the next two. So coming in at number two is... If you're worried, I hope you've got a Labrador. Of course, we see them all the time as guide dogs and bomb dogs as well and drug detection dogs. Very, very smart dogs. Okay, this is it. The final countdown went down. Oh, look, they all know one. what I'm going to say. They well, do. Well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, coming in at number one in Dr. Rob's humble opinion, the smartest dog breed in the world. A Swiss army knife of dogs. He, you know, can do anything. He'll track, he'll do you know, guard work, he'll do police work. Yes, he's the German Shepherd. Ah, <laughs> why did the German Shepherd win? Um, I think because of that, they can, you know, they're not specialists necessarily, but they'll do a bit of everything. And then so they've been used around the world. It's army dogs as guide dogs. I've seen them work as guide dogs. I've seen them work as sniffer dogs. I've seen them do drug work, bomb work, et cetera, et cetera. You have some really good specialist dogs that do what's called man work, if you like, where they have to bring down an assailant, like Belgian shepherds. They say they're really good at that. But they may not be as good as other things that the shepherd can do. Uh, Labradors might be better as guide dogs, but the shepherd can fit into that category. So I think that's, for me, the German shepherd can do a bit of everything. The Swiss army knife. The Swiss army knife of dogs. I love that. Okay, for all you people who have a German shepherd, woohoo! Yeah, and all the others can start yelling at me and <laughs> exactly. e yeah, email, you idiots. Why didn't my <laughs> it's dog just my opinion, my... folks. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I... Anyway, um, Let's move on to the answer to our quiz question this week, which was, you know, the fact that three dogs actually survived the sinking of the Titanic. And, uh, you know, the choices were a Pointer, a Pomeranian, a Poodle, a Papillon or a Pekingese. And, and uh, Dr. Rob, the yeah. answer was, and two of them were the same breed. Yes, they, they're the ones that went first class, of course, well. as well. They really did. But they were wrapped up. One was wrapped up in a blanket to, so it could escape and everyone thought it was... The lady was carrying a baby. She was carrying a Pomeranian. Two of them were Pomeranians. 
and the other one was a Pekingese. Ah, so both little dogs. Yeah, all three of them, little dogs, which people wrapped up. And I guess if you're going to save the person, you hardly notice the little Pomeranian wrapped up inside. Absolutely, doesn't take up you much space. Pocket dogs, you can put them in your pocket and away you go. Especially when you're hopping into the life raft. Yep. Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Doggy Pod. We hope you have enjoyed it. So don't forget to go to our Facebook page. There's always all sorts of extra little bits and pieces there. Uh, and we will see you uh, for our next episode next Friday on the Doggy Pod. And thanks for listening. And tell your friends. And remember, folks, dogs come in all shapes and sizes, but their love only comes in one size, boundless. <laughs> I said that myself. Did you? Just yes, then, I yes. heard you. <laughs> See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.